0: Good morning, morning. Uh, turn over to Romans chapter 1, we'll be focusing there today as you probably just heard, Um, also you likely heard this morning that today is uh, Sarah and I's anniversary and um, we've been married for 10, uh, 12 years, 12 years, Um, I knew that, she posted it on Facebook this morning. Um, and it's in the bulletin, so I was able to double-check my math. A lot of you weren't there for our uh, special day, Um, so I wanted to share some photos from that day back in 2006. Look at those little babies up there. That's me on the left, and that's her on the right, in case you were wondering. Um, I decided to pick two of the most embarrassing pictures that I could find from our wedding. Um, The one of Sarah there, talking on her super-chic super trendy flip phone with a uh, leather case. Um, I, were you talking to me there? No? You were? Was that posed? Oh, okay. All right. She's not actually talking to anybody. And that's me there bawling my eyes out. So you know that I am a very emotional person. You've seen me cry from the pulpit before. Um, I blubbered like a baby through our wedding ceremony. Sarah didn't shed a tear the whole time until we hit the back pew walking out of the church. Then she just, Ooh! it's like she realized what she had just done as we're walking out of the church building. And I had just been sitting up there. Ooh! I remember I was standing at the front and they walked up and I was just blubbering and I said, you look beautiful. And her dad goes, well, thank you. <laughs> so that that kind of broke, broke, the, broke the ice. Well, after 12 years of marriage, I think I have found the... Uh, The Secret to a Successful Marriage. But before I reveal that to you, I wanted to share um, a writing from, um, I shared it on Facebook this morning, but it's from Captain uh, Captain Corelli's Mandolin. It says, Love is a temporary madness. It erupts like volcanoes and then it subsides. And when it subsides, you have to make a decision. You have to work out whether your roots are so entwined together that it's inconceivable that you should ever part. Because this is what love is. Love is not breathlessness, it is not excitement, it is not the promotion of eternal passion. That is just being in love, which any fool can do. Love itself is what is left over when being in love has burned away. And this is both an art and a fortunate accident. Those that truly love have roots that grow towards each other underground. And when all the pretty blossoms have fallen from their branches, they find that they are one tree and not two. Love is an incredible thing, isn't it? And the secret to a successful marriage is say it with me now separate televisions. <laughs> That's what you guys were going to say, right? Separate TVs. So you could choose what you want to watch. You can watch "Fixer Upper," and I can watch baseball. right? Now, of course, love is important, but there's so much more than that. There's also the putting up of the ridiculous antics of your significant other, learning not to be ashamed of the things that they do, but rather capturing them on film and sharing them with the world. Our lesson this morning isn't about marriage, it's not about love, and it's not about being silly in public. It's about whether or not we're ashamed of something, and whether or not we're ashamed of the gospel. You see, as Paul begins his letter to the Romans, he writes about his desire to see them. He writes of his diligent prayers, his desires to his desire to encourage them uh, through mutual edification. And in verse 13, he expresses his plans to visit them soon and, and to work together for, to further the kingdom. Paul's desire to see them was related to the gospel. If you recall, it is the gospel for which He served as an apostle, which he explains in the first sentence of his letter. If you've read the reading this week, chapter 1, verse 1. It is the gospel that is the good news of Jesus Christ, of which he is not ashamed, as we heard in our scripture reading in verse 16. So the question that I want us all to consider this morning is, are we ever ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Maybe we're embarrassed to tell others about Jesus, and perhaps that's one of the many reasons why many don't participate in personal evangelism. So hopefully, and my goal this morning is that by examining how and why Paul was not ashamed of the gospel, that we might be uh, more diligent in our efforts to share the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's look at this. Paul was not ashamed of the gospel, but how was he not ashamed? Paul says in verse 14 that he felt obligated to preach the gospel to everyone. He was obligated to preach it to the Greeks and the barbarians, which means non-Greeks. He was obligated to preach it to the wise and the unwise. And his obligation is due partly to the favor and grace that God had shown him. Consider these statements that he makes to the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians uh, Fifteen, nine 15, 9-11. It says, For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach, and so you believed." And he says something similar to Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1, verses 12-14, through 14, he says, I thank Him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because He judged me faithful, appointing me to His service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus." You see, Paul appreciated the grace that had been shown to him. And because of the grace that had been shown to him, he felt obligated to share that with others. Paul also shows that he's not ashamed because he was ready to preach whenever he was given the opportunity. He was ready to preach it in Rome. Even though... At the end of Acts, we see he was being shipped off to Rome to be judged, to be tried. But still, his goal, his focus was to share the good news of Jesus. And if an opportunity presented itself to Paul, he would take it. Romans 15, verse 20, Paul says, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on somebody else's foundation. He says his preference was to preach in places where Jesus hadn't already been proclaimed. But, he would preach anyways, but his preference was to do that. Why? Well, because he says he doesn't want to build on somebody else's foundation. He doesn't want to impact the preaching and the teaching that someone else had already been done. And that was something that was common among those, those early days. But Paul didn't matter. He would still preach it nonetheless. So, why was he not ashamed? Why, why was Paul not ashamed of the gospel? In verse 16, Paul says um, that the reason he was not ashamed was because the gospel is the power of God to salvation to those who believe, both to the Jews and to the Gentiles. Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1, verses 22 through 24, that the gospel tells of Christ crucified. And that is the power and the wisdom of God. It is seen within Christ crucified. The gospel reveals the righteousness of God in salvation. That's so what he says in verse 17. How the just, the righteous, will live by faith. The gospel also shows how God is both just and the justifier. Of those who believe in Christ. He says that in Romans 3 of our reading this week as well. Romans 3, verses 21 through 26. He says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift And its message. Paul was not ashamed to preach the gospel to anyone willing to listen. So from Paul, we should now note several reasons why we should not be ashamed of the gospel. We shouldn't be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel hasn't changed. No matter how much man has tried, the gospel remains the same. It is still God's power to save to save those who believe. It is the power to produce faith in the hearts of those who hear it. And as Paul says in Romans 10 verse 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through what? The word of Christ. The gospel... Produces faith. Listen to Paul's words written uh, to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. He says, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. Of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day that you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth. The gospel, as it moves, as it spreads, as people hear it, it continues to grow, it continues to produce fruit. It still reveals God's righteousness and salvation. It still reveals how Jesus died for our sins. 1 Corinthians um, 15, verses 1 through 4. Paul says, We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we. That's not right. That's, that's Colossians. Let me grab that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. Paul says that that was what he delivered to them of first importance what he also received that Jesus died for our sins. The gospel also still tells us how we can receive oops it was already there how we can receive forgiveness of our sins in Jesus through faith through repentance and baptism which is detailed in Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 22 we looked at, at those Man, I am failing on the uh, PowerPoint today. All right. We'll get there. Stand by. The AV guy, we need to fire him. (laughs) That's me. Um, And all right. That's where we're at. So the gospel still reveals the fact that we can, that Jesus died for our sins, and it's through Jesus, through faith, repentance, and baptism, that we can receive forgiveness. Now, time has passed, but the power and the message of the gospel has not weakened, it remains the same. Nothing about that has changed. Not only that. Not only has the gospel changed, but the need hasn't changed. There are still souls that are in need of salvation. Amen? Paul talks about it in Romans 3.23. We read it earlier. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. Me, you, everybody has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Therefore, the gospel is still needed. Jesus is still needed, and the forgiveness of sins is still needed. Paul says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. and Remember, we're all guilty of sin, so we're all due death. Souls are still in need of salvation. Whether they're wise, whether they're foolish, whether they're near... Or whether they're far. Because Jesus is still the only way to the Father. Jesus proclaimed this in John chapter 14 verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. No matter what man draws up. To say, well, you can get to Jesus this way. You can say a prayer and you can get to Jesus that way if you wanted to. If you just love Him, if you just believe in Him, that's all you got to do. No, Jesus is the only way. And what He commands, and what His Word commands, is what we are to obey. And because Jesus is the only way, then His gospel still needs to be preached to every nation, to every creature as He commanded His disciples in the Great Commission, in Mark and in Matthew there is still a need for the gospel to be proclaimed. The passing of time has not lessened the scope or the need of the gospel of Jesus. So from Paul's example, we can know with confidence the proper attitude and conduct of those who are not ashamed of the gospel. Because those who are not ashamed of the gospel will feel a sense of obligation, first to God who saved them. That's your first obligation. Are we not thankful For what God has done for us. When we look at what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The thing that was brought to him of first importance. That Jesus died for sins. He did that for you. And if you've obeyed and you've accepted the gospel of Christ. If you've obeyed the gospel. If you've repented. Been baptized for the remission of your sins. Why keep that from everybody else? Are you not thankful for that? Are you not wanting and willing to share that? With everybody who is willing to listen? Shouldn't that impact how we live our life? Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Are you living your life that way? Are you living your life as Christ? Are you allowing Christ to live through you? Because everywhere that Jesus went, He impacted people. He preached, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near, or at hand. The kingdom of heaven is here. And we should still be preaching the same thing, repent. The kingdom of God is here. Those who are not ashamed of the gospel will also feel a sense of obligation to those who are lost. Are we not concerned about the eternal destiny of those around us, of our friends, of our family, of our loved ones? Are we not concerned about their eternal destination should they die in their sins? shouldn't that motivate us to do something? Our concern for the eternal soul of our loved ones should motivate us to do something. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 11 starts off and says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. We know what's coming. We know what is laying ahead in the future. There is a day, there is coming a day, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, there is coming a day in which all will be judged according to the word. We know that because the Bible says that. And if you believe the Bible, then that should motivate you to persuade others to obey as well. Those who are unashamed of the gospel will feel an obligation very similar to Paul's. That's what Paul's motivation was. He was obligated to God. And he was obligated to those who were lost. Those who are not ashamed of the gospel will also make themselves ready. They'll make themselves ready to share the gospel when they have opportunity. And if they're uncertain about what to say, and I know a lot of us struggle with that, I sometimes struggle with that as well, well then we have an obligation to learn it. If we don't know what to say or how to say it, we have an obligation to find out. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 it says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as, ho- as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. That last part is important. You can't lop off that last part. Gentleness and respect is an important part of that. But the key is that we need to be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for a reason for the hope that is in you. And what is that hope? That hope is eternal life. That hope is purpose, really, when it comes down to it. Why do we have hope? If we can't explain why we have hope, then maybe we don't have hope. Something to think about there. Those who are unashamed of the gospel will not rest until they have found some method, some tool, Or maybe it's just a simple scripture by which they can successfully communicate the gospel to others. They'll be looking for open doors to teach others. Looking for those opportunities to present themselves so that they can jump at the opportunity to share it with others. Those not ashamed of the gospel will prepare themselves just as Paul prepared himself. So our question this morning, are we ever ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ? You may be. You may be if you're not doing anything to share the gospel yourself. You may be ashamed of the gospel if you're not involved in helping others to spread the gospel. Now, I know that that may be harsh. It may be a a strong challenge. And some may look at that as a negative thing. But it's not. Because the positive thing about all of this is that we have no reason to be ashamed of the gospel. Because it is still the same gospel that it has always been. It hasn't changed. And I praise God for that. It still has the power to save the souls of repentant people. It still reveals the wonderful righteousness of God to save us. And I hope that we are never ashamed of the gospel or of Jesus himself. As he says in Mark 8, verse 38, Whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This morning, as we always do, we offer up an invitation an invitation for those who are, are here that desire to be baptized, desire to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, to repent and to be baptized into his death, burial and resurrection. Now that invitation isn't just for that. That invitation is also an opportunity for those who are already in Christ, but perhaps are struggling with things in their life and they need assistance from the church. Whether it's just prayer, whether it's a time to set up a time to study and and discuss scriptures, or perhaps you're falling into this category of being ashamed of the gospel. And you need to know, what are the tools, what are the things that I can do to help spread the word? Am I doing enough? Or perhaps you're just struggling with things in your life, and you just need a shoulder to cry on, a prayer lifted up, and for people to be thinking of you and praying for you. If that's you, if we can assist you this morning... If you desire to be baptized into Christ for the forgiveness of sins, or if the church can assist you in any other way, now is the time that you can come forward while we stand and sing.